Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Have you ever considered the lifetime of an aquarium? I mean, does an aquarium have a lifetime, or will it just go indefinitely if we let it? What does that even mean in aquarium terms? I like to think about an aquarium's uh, system as I do like a garden. Yeah, aquariums are very much like terrestrial gardens. They have uh, ebb and flow, literally in some cases. They have growth, challenges, excuse me, and dieback. They have setbacks and they rebound. And I'll bet that if you tracked what happened in a community aquarium over the course of, say, two years, what you end up with after two years may be significantly different than what you started with. In a reef aquarium where corals are competing for light, nutrients, and space, this type of evolutionary change takes place. It's near constant and it can be quite profound. Oh, sure, some of the changes that occur during the life of an aquarium are human-imposed, such as equipment modifications, replacements, aquascaping edits, fish and plant additions, etc., etc. However, if you look carefully, as I'm sure many of you do, as many changes can be attributed to the life cycle, which occurs in your little microcosm, as they can be to human intervention of the aquarium environment itself. Things like the growth and or dieback of plants, the proliferation of algae, the gradual decay of wood and aquatic you know, materials, botanicals, and so forth, social hierarchies among inhabitants, the patina of biofilm or algae, however subtle, uh, that makes you know, fresh aquarium substrate sort of mat out over time, looking even more natural, more subtle, more full of life. What the Japanese call wabi-sabi, the transient nature of things, is both beautiful and inevitable. And change doesn't happen uniformly either. I remember from my experience growing coral commercially that on any given day, some of the many thousands of specimens we had growing in our big old facility would be, you know, struggling. Some would be absolutely cranking. Others would just sort of be there. And it would change constantly. It was a great demonstration for me of what aquatic husbandry is all about. You need to observe, you need to tweak, and sometimes simply get out of the way. The science is one thing. Excuse me. You learn best practices and protocols very quickly, and you adhere to them. The art of being an aquarist, the really tricky part in this game, is how we choose to manage this multifaceted microcosm with all of its moving parts and subtle complexities. Now, we can let things decline, or we can take charge and attempt to stave off the inevitable. Botanical-style aquariums offer numerous opportunities for making changes, or not. How we as humans choose to accept this progression and change is purely based on our own tastes. The reality is that these things will continue despite any interventions we perform in our tanks. We can resist them performing you know, maintenance on our tanks, uh, like trimming, planting, fragging corals, scraping, storing the top layer of substrate, etc., etc. But these are merely serving to counteract or stave off the inevitable changes that occur in an aquarium as it establishes itself, begins to thrive, and gradually declines. Of course, in many cases, the decline is so subtle the outsider hardly notices. In the case of a botanical-style aquarium, with its abundant you know, seed pods and leaves and other natural materials, you'd be hard-pressed to really call it a decline. It's more like an evolution, actually. You, the aquarist, ever keen on anything that occurs in your tank, will notice and often perform subtle or not-so-subtle interventions to counteract this process, lest it you know, descend into some sort of chaos, right? Yet, isn't chaos sort of a human-ascribed thing? I mean... We're talking about changes in the aquatic habitat, which evolved the look and perhaps the biological operating system of the aquarium. This is absolutely analogous to what happens in natural aquatic systems. Stuff breaks down and different types of organisms flourish and reproduce as a result. Nothing goes to waste in nature, and that includes the nature which is found in our aquariums too, if we allow it to happen. It's entirely possible, in my humble opinion, that we, as aquarists, actually sabotage the essential natural processes which help our tanks run when we attempt to intervene through excessive maintenance. Perhaps a hands-off approach, passive management, if you will, is not always a bad thing. 
I sometimes wonder what our aquariums would evolve into over the course of, say, a couple of years if we merely perform basic maintenance tasks, such as water changes, equipment maintenance, feeding, scraping the algae, etc. and did little else. No animal replacement, no trimming of plants, no fragging of corals, no removal of fish fry, no rearranging of the aquascape, none of that stuff. What would you end up with? Well, of course, the answer depends upon what the end point is. For that matter, does there have to be one? It seems that in recent years, I've executed more aquariums in a shorter period of time than ever in my aquatic career. It's unusual for me because, as you might imagine, I'm kind of a leave-the-tank-be kind of guy. One of the ideas we play with a lot uh, is hardly radical in its departure. You've done versions of this hundreds of times during your aquarium hobby career. It's the idea of keeping your aquarium more or less intact while moving it on to a new iteration. In other words, you're kind of over your Southeast Asian cryptocurine biotope and ready to head west to South America. So rather than tearing up the entire tank, removing all the plants, the hardscape, the leaves, etc., you opt to, say, remove only the plants and maybe the driftwood and maybe some rocks from the tank and exchange some of the water. Oof, crazy, you're a fucking rebel, right? I know, I know, this isn't exactly earth-shattering. But on the other hand, in the world of botanical-style aquariums, the idea of leaving substrate and leaf litter botanical beds intact as you sort of remodel isn't exactly a crazy one. And conceptually, it sort of replicates what occurs in nature, doesn't it? Yeah, think about this for just a second. As we almost constantly discuss here, habitats like flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, igarape, and swollen streams tend to engulf terrestrial habitats or go through phases where there are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. In these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other botanical materials remain in place or are added to by dynamic seasonal processes. So, for the most part, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and such remain present during both phases. The formerly terrestrial physical environment is now transformed into this earthy, twisted, incredibly rich habitat, which fishes have evolved over eons to live in and utilize for food, protection, and complex, you know, protected spawning areas. All of the botanical materials, shrubs, grasses, fallen leaves, branches, seed pods, and stuff is suddenly submerged. Often, currents redistribute this stuff into little pockets and stands, affecting the now underwater topography of the landscape. Leaves begin to accumulate. Detritus settles. Soils dissolve their chemical constituents, tannins and humic acids, into the water, further enriching it. Fungi and microorganisms begin to feed and break down the materials. Biofilms form, crustaceans multiply. Fishes are able to find all these cool new food sources, new hiding places, and new places to spawn. Life flourishes. Nature doesn't edit, she evolves. Could you resist editing your aquarium for a period of time? What would you do with that? Would you want to? Is rearranging stuff and reworking things as much part of the hobby as just looking in the tank and enjoying it? And if you went completely hands-off with your tank, what would happen? Well, no one said the hobby's easy, but it's not difficult either. As long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and conditions within your aquarium, and, you know, the idea of leaving essential biological components of your aquarium more or less intact for indefinite periods of time is really compelling. So what would happen? What would, would anarchy reign or would a different sort of a system ultimately evolve? Would it succeed on some level that you wouldn't even consider previously? What would come to dominate and what would fade away? How would nature work with what you gave her in the little glass or acrylic world that uh, you created called an aquarium? How would passive management affect the dynamics of this microcosm? Fun questions to ponder, perhaps. Stay curious, stay thoughtful, stay engaged, stay full of wonder, stay passive. And stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.